Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the City Confessions. Today I have Kaisha Hughley. She's a New York-based actress, entrepreneur, creative, educator, and activist. She also has her own podcast called uh, A Kaisha Story, and she can elaborate on that later on. But hi Kaisha, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. So we want to be real here, guys. This is our second time recording this. <laughs> and it actually has never happened to me before, but we had some technical difficulties. So, you know, stay tuned. And you guys should definitely hear this episode throughout just because this is our second time. <laughs> second time doing it for you guys. It's called yes, commitment. Yes. Commitment. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes things happen and you have to do it again. So here we are. Exactly. Like a part of me was a little, I was telling Kaisha before recording, like bummed, but it's all about how you handle it. You know, I looked at it and I was like, you know what? It's kind of comical. It gave me another chance to talk with you again. So it is what it is. And here we are. So why don't we begin by having you introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what your relationship is with New York City. Absolutely. So my name is Kaisha Hughley. As Marianne said, I am a actor, entrepreneur, creative educator, and activist. You know, it's really funny when I introduce myself because sometimes I really don't know what to say because <laughs> I do so many different things. Mm-hmm. I definitely consider myself a multi-hyphenate, uh, you know, multi-potentialite. I am definitely in that category because I, on a given day, am working in very, very different roles. However, I will say the role that I focus on probably the most is being an actor um, and an educator because that's where I spend the majority of my time. So as an actor, I am focusing on a career in musical theater right now. And that's pretty much why I'm in New York because obviously New York is the mecca for musical theater, right? So I am in New York trying to make that Broadway dream happen, if you will. And Luckily, I've been able to land a gig with the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, which is where I am an educator and I also serve as the manager of special programming and initiatives there. And so that job supports my my acting dreams. And so, yeah, that's how I'm in New York. That's so interesting. But I think what's even more interesting is how you got here, right? Because you had a job and you quit which I think is so brave. So why don't we talk about that? Yeah, for sure. So when I turned 25, I am confident that I had a quarter life crisis because I like started freaking out. 
Yes. Like it is literally one of those times in life where, you know, sometimes people in the older generations will say, oh, that's not real. You're fine. Like you're young, you'll figure it out. But it really is quite terrifying as you're going through it. And I just kind of had this moment where I was like, wow, I am just so unhappy in my career. I was not fulfilled. I went to work every day, just literally dreading going into the office. And um, it got so bad that my husband actually started driving me to work. Like he would actually drive me to my office and drop me off at the front door because it would literally take me so long to get myself there if I had to go on my own. So like to help me, he started dropping me off. So I used to work for the U.S. Department of State in the Office of International Visitors. I worked on an international exchange program. And I think that work that the office does is super important. It's very critical for, you know, diplomacy and for culture and for all of these things. It's just that I don't believe I'm supposed to be doing that work. So I, um, like I said, once I turned 25, I said, you know what, I really have got to figure out how to get out of here and I got to figure out something else. And I've always been someone who has been on stage in some capacity, like doing public speaking, or I have done liturgical dance for years and years and years. I, I speak to a lot of people, teach, but I had never done theater. And so I decided, you know, shortly after I got married that I would, you know, go for this theater dream. And so I went on my very first audition a couple of months after I got married and I booked a lead role in a stage play. And after that, I definitely caught the theater bug. I was like, I have to be able to do this. So that's basically, you know, the the short story of how I got into it. I love hearing that. It's so inspiring. I also feel like for you, the timing just kind of worked out. I really believe in timing. And yeah. um, we spoke a little bit about this, obviously, in our <laughs> in our other failed recording. But you were saying that you didn't really have, not necessarily experience, but the, the most recent thing that you booked, can you tell me more about that or clarify that you were saying it was a, the full theater performance you haven't really done, correct? Correct. So, you know, when I went on that theater audition, like my very first one, which was like March of 2015, that was the first time that I was going to be in a stage play. And, you know, it was really uh, just such new territory for me that I really felt like I needed to get some kind of training and have like a really good foundation for, you know, going into this field. Because I know that people who go for their Broadway dreams have most likely been doing this their whole entire lives. And so, um, when I, you know, started to think about that, I ended up stumbling upon Glee on Netflix, as cliche as that may sound. <laughs> and when I started watching the series, you know, in like season five or six or something like that, um, Rachel Berry, who was played by Leah Michelle, ends up going to this school called Miata, which of course is fake, but of course I didn't realize that. <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder, you know, like what school is this based off of? Like it has to be based off of something. And so I started Googling and I stum stumbled upon the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, which is where I work now, but I went there for conservatory. And so I um, apply, I get accepted, and I do basically a little bit over a year and a half in conservatory. And once I get out, you know, I start auditioning and, you know, trying to understand the business of the industry and like networking and all of those things. And it took me quite a while. It took about eight months before anything happened. And around the eighth month mark, I ended up booking my very first full-length musical. So it was, I... I <laughs> I still can't believe sometimes that that happened the way that it did, but I'm just so glad that it happened. 
what was that feeling like? And did you, I mean, I don't really know how that whole musical theater and auditioning process works, but did you get a call or do they tell you in person, like how many rounds did you go through? Just like walk me through that process because I'm just super curious. Okay. So this is a hilarious story. <laughs> so I literally had one audition where I, you know, came in and I got to sing 32 bars of any song that I, that I wanted. So I chose a song from Carolina Change and I just, you know, sang from my heart and I was like, okay, well, hopefully something happens. A couple of days later, I ended up getting a callback. And so they invited me to come to the dance callback and to sing material from the actual show. And so as fate would have it, I wake up the morning of the callback literally in some of the worst pain I think I have ever experienced in my life. Like literally I had stomach cramping that is just indescribable. And I had never experienced anything like this before. So I am not joking when I tell you, I almost had to crawl from my apartment to the Rite Aid to try to get some medicine because I'm like, what is going on with my stomach? And I was breaking out in sweats. It was just literally the, the most you know, insane thing that I think has ever happened. And so trying to pull myself together, I was just literally so, I was just so sick and I, could, I couldn't figure it out. And so I ended up being late to the callback and oh my for, god <laughs> oh my gosh it was it's like a nightmare a little yeah. nightmare and anyone who knows me knows that I hate being late like that is like mm -hmm. one I me too oh it I'm is also worse. the type and like gives me anxiety right like yes. when you know you're late you're like I don't know I freak myself out even more I can't be calm Exactly. And especially when you know you have to be somewhere and like mm -hmm. you're supposed to be doing something very specific. Oh my goodness. I was literally a mess. So since I knew I was already late, I knew I couldn't get on the MTA. I was like, let me get in an Uber. But of course about where maybe like I don't know, three miles from the theater. And literally my Uber gets pulled over by the police. And oh my god. <laughs> I was just like, I really can't have anything else happen today. And so my Uber driver made a illegal turn. And so they had to give my Uber driver a ticket. Um, luckily, I mean, in a way, luckily that happened because I ended up getting my Uber ride for free and that was like a $50 <laughs> Uber. So that like right. worked out in my favor, but I ended up having to walk the rest of the way to the theater. And so I'm like trying to get there as fast as possible. I walk into the room and, or actually I walk into the theater and I hear them call my name. I literally start freaking out because I had not learned the dance that they were calling me to do. And they were like, you know, having everyone line up and do the choreography. So I just pretend I'm not there because I'm like, I don't know this choreography. Like I'm not going to embarrass myself. Mm -hmm. I have not even learned it. And so, but all the while, like, I, I should have also mentioned that I'm not dressed appropriately. Like I literally have one jeans, a tank top, rain boots, and half of my hair is done and the other half isn't. Like I actually look a hot mess. Wait, so, but when you entered, was it like one of those moments where everybody, was it just commotion so people didn't even see you go in or was yes. it awkward? No, okay, people okay. didn't really see me go in because people were, I was like outside of the audition room and people were waiting Got in the hallway. So I kind of was able to like blend in. There were mm -hmm. a couple of people who did see me that were like, Mm, she's not looking good because when I tell you I was breaking out in sweats and my face was red like I literally looked insane and so once they get done the dance call I go up to the creative team and I say hey I know it's really unacceptable to, unacceptable to be late and I, I want to apologize for my tardiness however I'm just not feeling well today but I would like to sing for you because I did learn the callback material I was like I don't feel up to dancing but I'd be happy to send you some clips after the audition if that's helpful for you making your you know decision 
And they looked at me like, are you sure you want to sing? Because, okay, that's how bad I looked. And so mm. what ended up happening was they were like, well, why don't you sing now? Because we want you to go home and feel better. And so I ended up, I sang for my life. I lit, I don't think I've ever, I have never sang that good for an audition before. <laughs> and oh my God. singing, I felt like I wanted to faint. So I thanked them for their time. And I said, thank you so much. And I literally ran out of the room and got home as soon as possible. And about two weeks later, they called me and offered me a role. That is insane. You were just meant to be. And I think it shows so much about, honestly, your talent, right? Because, I mean, I don't know how they judge, but clearly they saw something in you that also made you stand out in front of other people who were there, who were on time, who did do all the components with the dance, but you still, they were still like, nope, she, you know what I mean? Like that, that speaks volumes to, again, your talent. Yeah, I got, I think that was just, yeah, like you said, I was supposed to be in that musical because (laughs) there's Mm -hmm. no way that you can have all of those things happen to you in one day and still walk out booking a role. It's so funny Mm -hmm. because I'll audition for things and everything will go right and I won't get it, but things go wrong and then you end up getting the role. So it's one of those. I'm telling you, life works in strange ways. Oh, it does. But when it, (laughs) as an actor, when it comes to just, the whole industry how, what do you think uh, what how do you feel about the role of faith luck and like talent like first of all do you believe I don't want to say like everybody has talent but the people who are successful do you believe that's like hard work and like luck do you know what I mean I'm always just yes. like curious because I think sometimes especially in New York right mm-hmm. you see so many aspiring artists and even people who are playing music in the subway or in Central Park, like these people are freaking good. Like some people yes. I'm like, oh my God, why are you not signed? You know? And exactly. I almost feel like obviously they have talent and maybe it's just like luck isn't by their side. And then there are people, I'm not going to mention names, but people that I think are in like the entertainment industry that are not that great to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. But they they're successful due to maybe people they knew or or I don't know. So what is your mindset about that? You know, it's really, in my opinion, I think it's a combination of things. I always tell people that, you know, and it sometimes sounds weird when it comes from me, but I like I, I really do feel this way that I'm not necessarily like the most you know, talented person. I just feel that, you know, I work really, really hard. And because I work so hard and I find creative ways to show up for different things that ends up working out in my favor. And so I think that for people, especially in New York, if you can show up, if you can continuously show up and be in the right place at the right time, which you never know when that right place or right time is going to be. But if you can just keep showing up for the opportunities and keep networking and like really just put yourself out there as much as possible, that's always going to help you win every single time yeah it's interesting that you say that because I definitely agree sometimes I also believe like I don't know I always say like if you really really want something and you like obviously put in work you'll get it you know yeah. I almost feel like it's almost I don't want to say impossible and I know that some people listening might disagree and say like that's not true because uh, people have certain circumstances that 
you know, maybe maybe don't allow them to get there. And while I do agree that we all have different situations, I don't know. I truly believe like if you work hard, you can like make make your dreams come true as cheesy as that sounds. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a aspect of all of that that has a lot of things has a lot to do with like exposure and access because like for example in a career with musical theater unfortunately you know to be in the arts and entertainment industry and to really thrive like when you're trying to make it it can get pretty expensive if you think about you know how much it costs to go to school to study theater and how much it costs for headshots and voice lessons and dance classes and acting classes all of those costs start to add up and then that's just at the level like once you get out of like high school and then you decide to go and extend your training but like what if your high school or what if your elementary school or whatever didn't have a theater program or didn't have an Mm -hmm. arts program Mm -hmm. so if you weren't exposed to it or if you didn't have the opportunities like when you were younger sometimes that can you know prohibit people you know as they get older and they didn't even know like even though how do I even put this I went to a high school that focused pretty heavily on the performing arts but when I was in elementary school and middle school my schools did not have theater they didn't have like arts programs I mean they got to go art class so I was really lucky that I had that in my high school because otherwise I wouldn't have even been exposed to it in that way and I think that because the this field is so expensive if people are able to find creative ways to get into situations where they are either networking with you know the right people or just showing up to the right auditions it's possible and it's possible to do it you know without having to spend a fortune but ultimately it does come down it comes down to, to money unfortunately in a in a mm-hmm. lot of aspects yeah i mean you talk about assess- accessibility and Given what's happening like um, in the world, but also the rise of digital marketing and social media, yes. do you believe that that's, that has been an advantage, right? Because you're getting more um, exposure. You are allowed to somewhat brand yourself without, without all of the other resources that actors or people in the entertainment industry had to have prior. And I think money would have been a big thing. But now it's almost so many people are self-made. And I know that you actually got something positive from social media. So why don't we talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I love that social media has created so many opportunities, especially when we think about like TikTok, right? TikTok has literally, you know, I don't think it's at the point just yet where, you know, casting directors are necessarily looking at TikTok, but it definitely plays a role. Oh my God. Wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, It it definitely is opening mm -hmm. up opportunities for sure. Um, And I think, you know, Instagram is probably the leading one in terms of opportunities in the arts and entertainment industry, but you know, you just never know. It depends on what that person is looking at that day. You never know what casting director Mm -hmm. or agent is, you know, looking at. And if they see you and they see something, you know, they may reach out. And so that's a pretty cool thing but in terms of the the story that you were referencing I actually this was one of my favorite I guess social media stories if you will I was on Facebook in 2014 
And my husband and I, well, then he was my fiance, we were engaged and we were trying to figure out how we were going to pay for our wedding. We had just got out, got out of grad school and we just purchased a home and we didn't want to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on a wedding, but we didn't know how we were going to pay for it, you know, being new homeowners and, you know, just starting our, you know, our family. And so um, we essentially, you know, saw this ad on Facebook that said, want to win an $80,000 wedding. and we both looked at it like, well, yeah, like that would be incredible, actually. So um, we clicked on it and it turns out that Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. was giving away an $80,000 wedding. Now, the wedding was valued at $80,000. It wasn't actually like $80,000 in cash because had it been, we probably would have gotten married like very small wedding and kept the cash, but it definitely wasn't like a cash prize or anything. So we apply, we had to make a video because the theater was celebrating 50 years of, um, well, the show Fiddler on the Roof was celebrating 50 years. And so they wanted to give away a wedding to a lucky couple because Fiddler on the Roof has three weddings within the show. And so we submit our first video and three days later, they call us and let us know that we are in the top three. And once we get in the top three, they ask us to make another round of videos and America has to vote for us. And then they announce that we actually won the wedding. Now, what's so funny is that even oh my though God, America- Aisha. Hold on, yeah. let me stop you for a second. <laughs> I don't know what it is with you and luck, but I feel like I need some of that. Like we need to hang <laughs> out and you need to I need to like you need to rub that on me because girl, you're just like killing it right now. And not to no, you know, not to undervalue, you know, that you just you don't deserve it or any of that. But but it just like I love hearing that because it's just like one of those things where especially with with contact. You know, yeah. it's like always like, what are the odds? Like I always look at that and I'm like, odds? yeah, like whatever. And then until you win it, then you're like, oh my God, I believe in this. <laughs> yes. Like it's but, actually so crazy. I would have never thought that we would have actually won. There were a hundred couples that entered. So it was kind of crazy that we actually won that thing. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So finish the story. So then you say what happens and then you won and then what happened? That's how you guys got your wedding? Yes. So they ended up selecting us. Um, even though America, when America voted for us, we didn't win the, vo- we didn't win the voting. It was another couple that actually got more votes than us. They were both oh. um, teachers. And so their students were like really on it and voting and we didn't have mm-hmm. as much voting power from our network. And, but they liked our video so much. They gave us the wedding. And um, it's actually such a crazy story because after, so we found out that we won the wedding on September 30th, 2014. And on October, I think it was October 1st, 2014, the next, the very next day, my husband went into the hospital um, because, well, fiance at the time, but he went into the hospital because he got Um, He had been sick throughout the second round of this contest and we just didn't know what was wrong with him wrong with him. We thought he just had like a really bad case of the flu, but I had taken him to the emergency room while still being a part of this contest three times and they kept sending him home. And so finally, the day after we won the wedding, we had to go on WSA 9, which is DC's local news station and do like an interview. But like he almost fainted during that interview. So we were like, okay, we've got to take him back, even though they keep turning us around. And so 
I took him to my primary care doctor at GW Medical Faculty Associates. Shout out to that team because they were the real MVPs. Um, But I took him to my doctor. And when I took him there, they ended up transporting him to um, the hospital via, um, you know, to the um, via ambulance and everything. And so we go to the hospital and, you know, they are super concerned because he has this really, really high fever. You know, things start progressing, you know, his eyes are bloodshot red. He has this fever and all these things. And then before I know it, maybe in two days, he's in ICU. So it's starting to get worse. Oh my God. Yeah. He was like on a breathing tube and they had like these uh, seizure machines to make sure that he wasn't having a seizure. And, you know, he's being fed through these tubes and I'm like, what in the hell is actually happening? And so what ended up happening was, um, you know, there was a, a point there when he was in ICU where doctors were saying things like, oh, well, you need to prepare yourself because he's not doing well. And I'm like, prepare myself for what? Are like, you are you joking yes like literally we go from such a high of winning an eighty thousand dollar like wedding of your dreams to my husband is literally in ICU on breathing tubes like it was just like the biggest jump I think I've ever experienced in life and so um I you know I I'm a Christian so I like pray I was really praying and my family is also all they're all praying people we were like oh please pull them out of this because what is happening and I remember driving um away from the hospital and I was just like crying to God like just crying like please fix this this is not what you showed me and literally the next day when I tell you this was a true miracle that I've experienced in my life the next day the hospital called me and was like hey your fiance wants to speak to you and I'm like what? And at this point I hadn't spoken to him for maybe five days because he had been on a breathing mm-hmm. tube. And so mm-hmm. they put him on the phone and he's like, Hey babe. And I'm like, Hey, like what? And so I rushed to the hospital and he's sitting up in his hospital bed, talking with his father, watching the Steelers, Steelers game. And I'm like, is this real life? Like, <laughs> like a complete 180. Complete 180. Now he still had a lot of recovery. He had lost 20 pounds when he was in the hospital, but he ended up coming home on my birthday, which is October 8th. And it was literally a true miracle. Oh my God. This is, you got, you have angels looking after you. I'm telling you. Literally. It was the craziest, it was the craziest time. And because of how this wedding contest went, we ended up getting married. We ended up winning that wedding on the 30th. Hugh goes into the hospital on the 1st. He comes out on October 8th and we got married on January 2nd, 2015. So we had about 90 days to plan this wedding. And the first 30 days of that 90 were spent just trying to get Hugh healthy again. So it was just literally like our wedding days, our families like literally bawled their eyes out because it was like, they knew our story and they knew what had happened and so yeah it was a really special day wow that's just yeah I'm like so I think that just goes to show so much can change within what was that like six months like not even you know it's just it's wild I mean let's like even relate this back to what's happening in the world right now with the pandemic I mean yeah it's 2020 it's like almost it's October basically so Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just like wild to think that and you know I'm sure all of us can say the same that in the beginning of the year if somebody were to tell us that like oh we're gonna be in lockdown and we're gonna be like whatever even when it happened in March and people were like you know that it's gonna like last into September, right? I literally was like, 
no way like I was like laughing I'm like no by July we're gonna be fine <laughs> exactly I was like this will blow over in like you know 30 days and we'll be fine and then I was like yeah we're probably not getting out of this for a while <laughs> yeah <sighs> so yes let's talk about that um so what is keeping you up at night right now because there's so much that's happening but I feel like while a lot of us can relate to the roller coaster of emotions that, you yeah. know, there's highs and lows for sure. And I've definitely had experienced just anxiety, but then, but then also acceptance and then fear. And then it keeps going, you know, basically you, there's no, like once I thought in the beginning, once I got over the anxiety and the fear mm -hmm. that I would, and once I accepted that this was a new normal, as everybody says, that I would be yeah. fine, but that wasn't the case. Like there was a month where I was fine and I was good. And then out of nowhere, I got anxiety again. I was like, why am I feeling like how I felt in March? Yeah. So right now for you, how are you doing with it? What's stressing you out? Oh my goodness. It, it feels like there are just more things to do, honestly. Like even though I'm not mm -hmm. performing right now, which I miss terribly, I just feel like in a lot of ways I'm more busy than I was before the pandemic hit. And I think it's because, you know, since everything has gone online and we have all of these, you know, Zoom meetings and everything, it just feels like I always have to be doing something. And it's really, it's been really challenging for me to like draw, you know, boundaries or draw those lines, you know what I mean, in terms of what is work and what is home, because now that work is at home, it's very easy to just be on my laptop all day and to not like have that balance of like, okay, this is time to relax and this is time to just, you know, enjoy a hobby or something. And so that's been really, really challenging. And, you know, the way that everything with the pandemic has affected the arts and entertainment industry, that has really, you know, been pretty heartbreaking to see because, you know, thousands are out of jobs. Um, people who were working and thriving and, you know, making consistent income are now all of a sudden not making any money at all. And, you know, it's just really unknown at this point, just how it's going to affect or how Broadway will look when it does reopen. And, you know, in January is when, you know, Broadway's most recent date was in terms of when it will return. But I highly doubt that Broadway is going to return in January. I, I definitely think it's probably going to be closed for over a year. And it just makes me really, really, um, you know, sad that that, that my industry has taken such a hit. You know, obviously I want everyone to be safe and I want everyone to be able to come back to work in an environment where they, you know, know they can be safe. But, you know, it's just also so sad to see it, it shut down in this way. No, I know. Uh, I love Broadway. Like all my friends can tell you, it's like one of my hobbies. And I just like, I love just like the live aspect, right? Because yeah. going to movies is one thing, but I am such a fan of like live performances whether that's a musical a show even like ballet or like the opera like all of that like anything that's like arts related it's just like it gives me so much joy yeah. and I've been such a supporter of Broadway like I always I go to like so many shows like it's a it's a must for me and it's something that it's so exciting to do especially during this time like yeah. during the fall to winter, I don't know why it's just so, it's like part of New York, right? I mean, Broadway is such a big part of New York, especially when you think of 
even Times Square. Honestly, the whole yeah. point of Times Square is Broadway shows and dinner. Like you grab dinner and you go to a show. Yes. And so, you know, it's mm-hmm. so crazy. I read a um I read an article the other day that was talking about how the how much money Broadway puts into the economy and the amount of money that Broadway puts into the New York economy specifically amounts to more than all of the New York sports teams combined. Really? Yes. I did not Wait. know that. Okay, because I knew the big deal. I knew that also, like, tourists love it. I feel like sports is mostly for locals, right? Because, you know, you, you're, you like, loyal to your fans. I mean, your, your sports team. <laughs> but when <laughs> tourists come, like, I know Broadway is such, like, a thing. Like, they put it in yep. the itinerary. But I didn't know that fact. That's, like, mind-blowing. Yes. So it's, like, really... You know, the economy is really taking a hit with it being closed. Yeah. And what do you, and like, yeah, you mentioned too, they're, they're, you know, I think Hamilton, right? They streamed it um, online and it's actually one of my, the, my, the last show that I watched personally right before COVID. I think I watched it in February. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just not the same. Like, yes, yeah. while I do believe it does give people the chance to watch it, right? Because we mm-hmm. all know that the tickets were like really one expensive and just hard to get the it it takes away from that the it's the it's the environment because there's energy right when watching the actors and they're interacting with you and like even though they're in character I know from like an actor's perspective that energy like it's contagious like it it really determines how well a show will go essentially yeah. Oh my gosh. I miss it so much. And you know, it's so funny. One of the number one questions I get from people is, you know, you go to the theater a lot, Kaisha, which one do you like more? Do you like going to the theater more? Or do you like performing more? And mm. you know, I, it, it's a really hard question to answer because I I love them both. Like I, I obviously really love performing. And so when I get to do it, you know, it's, it's a joy. It's an honor. I, I love that. However, I also equally enjoy seeing it because, you know, when I'm watching it, I'm not working. When I'm creating it, I'm working. And so, you know, it's a really like one of my favorite, favorite pastimes to be able to just, I I mean, I just love the whole experience, you know, going to to the theater district and like getting off the MTA and walking to the theater and getting my snacks and like, you know, getting my seat and my playbill. Like, it's just a whole it's a whole experience and that is a void that is, you know, really, really missing in my life right now. You know, it's interesting because I thought about that and I was like, of course, like whoever performs, they they obviously would enjoy it, but I think it cannot be said the other way around. Like obviously <laughs> the people who are watching <laughs> are not like, hmm, I can do that. Most of the time I feel like people who watch it are people who are like, I wish I can do that. <laughs> yeah. For so sure. it's interesting that you mentioned, yeah. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit. And mm-hmm. this podcast is called The City Confessions because I want all my guests to come on, share their story. And then at the end, it's kind of like a fun thing just to just to like tie all my episodes together and basically have you share a confession. And yes, I want to yes. preface this by saying share whatever you're comfortable with. And it can be anything, whether it's professionally, personally, again, whatever comes to mind. But if you were to complete the sentence of my confession is, what would that be? 
Okay. I'm going to share a different one than I did the other day because I thought okay, about great. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> this is going to be too much information, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So my city confession is that, you know, sometimes my commute can be a little on the longer side, depending on where I'm coming from. And as a performer, I really, you know, value the the idea of always being hydrated because it's important for your voice, but obviously important for your life to be hydrated. And so um, sometimes when I'm drinking a lot of water and, and trying to stay hydrated, you know, it's really difficult to time exactly when you need to go to the bathroom between like, you know, getting on the MCA and like getting off. Um, and I have in many times, like if I'm drinking like a gallon of water a day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave, I'm going to use the bathroom before I go to work leave work and then I'm going to uh maybe try to stop at a restaurant or something like on my way home but sometimes it's just not enough so there are many times where you may see me like running down the street to try to get back to my apartment to go to the bathroom because I always have to pee like I am that person that just always has to pee and it is so annoying and I like literally hate it like sometimes I'm like okay I can't play this game with the MTA today like I'm getting an Uber because that's going to get me home faster because I know I'm gonna have to be so um yeah if you ever see me running through the streets of New York just know I'm probably just trying to go pee (laughs) can I tell you something and I and I promise I'm not lying I'm the same way and all my friends know this like first of all I drink so much water and not because I'm like forcing myself I don't know why I just like I feel like my body needs it Mm-hmm. Second of all, I have a freaking small ass bladder. I even went Same. to get this checked because I was like, um, doctor, I'm going to the bathroom so much. And they were like, listen, it's fine. Like everybody, obviously like bladder is different size. You just probably have a small one. So I'm like, okay, at least it's not like a health issue. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, so I agree. I'm the same way. I always have to pee. But let me know if you struggle with this. <laughs> I also have, like, I'm, like, paranoid. So, like, okay, if I go to the movie theater, <laughs> I will go to the bathroom once we get there. And then, like, I time it because I know the credits. I mean, the trailer took, like, 15 minutes. And what? I will go 10 minutes, like, five minutes before. Even yeah. though I don't really have to go, it's more of, like, a... Let me just get it out because I know I'm going to be in the movie theater for two hours and I like refuse to miss a scene. I mean, obviously if I have to, I have to. But my friends would be like, you literally just went 10 minutes ago. And I was like, I know, but I got to go again. Yeah. And same with leaving my my apartment. Like I will go and then, you know, you, you still take a little bit just to get ready, like get your keys, get your bag. And then, like, right before I actually leave the door, I go again. And my friends are literally, like, you can ask anybody. Even my roommate, she's like, you are freaking weird. And it's, like, a part of it, like I said, it's not, it's, like, paranoia. Like, I'm not really even going, at least the second time. Yeah. But (laughs) it's good to know that I'm not the only weird one. Listen, you're not alone. You are not alone on that. (laughs) I bet you, too, like, people listening, at least one person can say, you know what, that's, that's also me. Literally. Oh my god, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, so right now I just want to take a moment to thank you so much for coming on again. I feel like not to say that if I was in your shoes, I would be like, oh my god, because 
whatever things happen, like we mentioned, but it does take, and I don't think everybody would be down to re-record. You know what I mean? I feel like some people might be like, well, I already did it. And it just goes to show what kind of person you are. And even like you offered it before I even knew, before I confirmed that it was an audio issue. Like you were like, if there is anything wrong, like I'll be happy to re-record. And I'm so happy that we did. And I also feel like this episode or this recording was not like, not that the first one was bad, but this one just had a different energy. Yeah. And, I, and we spoke about different things, which I'm happy about. So yeah. I feel like, again, things happen. You know what I mean? Um, they absolutely but yes, I want, do. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to appreciate you coming on and just taking time out of your day again. <laughs> so Listen, that girl, means no a lot. Problem. Like, I really, you know, I understand as a content creator, like, when you're creating content and then something doesn't go right, <laughs> it's literally like, mm-hmm. oh man. And like, I've been there so many times. And so, you know, whenever I'm on someone else's platform, I'm like, Hey, if you want to do it again, I got you because I understand like what it's like. And so I just also want to thank you for having me on and for, you know, reaching out to me to, you know, be a part of your platform, because I think that, you know, what you're doing with this podcast is really cool in terms of, you know, the city confessions. Like when I saw the title of it, I was like, I like that. Like the city confessions, like, (laughs) like, I want to know what people are confessing about New York and, you know, the New York life and experiences. So that's really cool for you. Thank you. So we have to add on a positive note because that's that's what I'm about. I'm all about positive vibes, uplifting mm-hmm. people. So I want to ask you, what is the one thing you love most about yourself? Because, you know, it's, if we need time to compliment ourselves and listeners, if you haven't already, take a moment now, think about this question. And while we wait for Kanisha to answer. So okay, let's see. Let's see. The thing I love most about myself is that I am extremely driven. Like I, you know, sometimes struggle with discipline in certain areas and consistency in different things, but in general, I'm just very driven. Like I have the mindset that if I want to see something, you know, manifest in my life, like I have to work for it and I have to do the different things in order to make that happen. And I just feel that I'm a very ambitious kind of person, sometimes too ambitious, So it's kind of like my best thing and sometimes my worst thing. But I think that the thing that makes me Kaisha is the fact that I am literally just such a multi-hyphenate. Like that is literally, it just oozes out of me. That's, you know, really who I am. And I really love that about me. Mm, I love it too. And I can feel that energy. And I think that's why you were meant to quit your job and pursue acting. Because I think as an actor, in order to basically make it, you need that drive like this this industry or this career is not for everybody and I think it weeds out the people who want it but may they not want to put in the work right or like may get defeated easily because we all know it's really competitive it's really cutthroat so the fact that you in a way almost I don't want to say just started on this career but you know it was it's been recent and there are so many just like amazing things happening for you I think it says a lot and I'm so happy and so excited for everything that's to come and speaking of that this is where you get to plug yourself you can also tell the audience about your podcast which is called a Kaisha story so tell us about what projects or anything that you're working on now what can the listeners be on the lookout from you within the next 
three months or when next year? What do you have on your horizon? Yes, yes, yes. Well, my podcast, A Kaisha Story, is very much a podcast where I tell stories. And so in season one of my podcast, just how you heard me telling stories today, I'm telling stories from my life because I have all of these really incredible things that happen to me. I'll describe them that way because, you know, people tell me all the time, Kaisha, that will only happen to you. And so I have started <laughs> sharing my <laughs> stories on my podcast. And in season two of my podcast, I interviewed artists, entrepreneurs, and creatives and, you know, got them to tell their stories. And so I kind of deem their stories a Kaisha story because I'm like, oh, I want to know more about like what happened to you and how you got where you are and all of those things. And so season three is going to be all about um, basically interviewing the multi-hyphenates of the world. I want to talk to the outliers, to the game changers, to the trailblazers, to the people who do more than one thing. And so um, that's going to be season three and that'll be coming out later this year. So I'm really excited for that. So to listen to my podcast, you can listen to it everywhere where podcasts are available. And if you go to www.kaishacreates.com slash podcast, all of the information is going to be on my website. Um, the best place to really find me online is on Instagram. I think I am on there every single day, definitely on my Insta stories, all of that. And you can just follow me at Kaisha Creates. Amazing. And don't worry, guys, I'm going to leave all of her information and the relevant links in the show notes. So you guys can just look at that and click on it. And yeah, thank you so much for being on Kaisha. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I mean, I really did. I feel like so much uplifted and like your energy and my energy, we just vibe, you know, I just yes. love it. And I haven't even met you, but like, I just feel such good energy from you. <laughs> and right back at you. I hope that once this, you know, pandemic, you know, is over, whatever that means, I hope that we can, you know, get together and do coffee or something. Oh my God. Of course. It's like a must. Like people yes. don't know this, but like when they come on, it's like, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> like we're gonna be like connected like forever <laughs> love that love that <laughs> all right guys i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for next week all right bye